Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to this. It is the world-famous MWDP, the Midweek Domestic Podcast, the greatest podcast of all podcasts ever released ever in the history of podcasts. <laughs> because it's the, it is the Premiership and we all love the Premiership. Don't we, Phil, who is here with, in studio with me today? Yes! Premiership! Yes. Premiership! And Tim, down the line, are you excited about the Premiership? So excited. I've just made a mess in my pants. Oh, yes! <laughs> there we go. Uh, well, first of all, let's start with this. Let's start with this, where you can find us. Go and find us on, on, on Patreon. Go and find us on Twitter, at uh, Rugby Podcast. I should know that. I'm at Beardmore. Tim's at Cocker, if he's ever on there anymore. And you can also find us on Facebook and a few other places. And also, of course, subscribe and download. That is the most important thing, isn't it? Sub- subscribe and download. So, let's start with um, the real club rugby this this week. Talk H. Talk H, go away to Fleetwood. And I think we won by about mm, more than 40 points, I would say. Stop, I, stop counting after 40. Something like that. Something like, uh, uh, like that. But most importantly, we got a big nil. I think it's our first nil, nil of the season. Nice. Which is, you know, the big zero is a, a big deal, basically. Yeah. That is very good. Yeah. Look, did, did you have a good day all round? Yes. We uh, got the bus to Blackpool. Nice. So we had a few hours in Blackpool. What? What a place. What a place. <laughs> so you got a few hours in Blackpool after the game. Yes. You didn't have a night in Blackpool. I would have loved to have a night in Blackpool, Neil. I is, was having an absolute great time there. Is Syndicate still open? Got no idea. <laughs> no idea. Um, we were told by the Fleetwood lads, we said, well, we asked them, where are the best bars to go in Blackpool? And the answer was, best? I went, no, no. Give us the worst. Give us the absolute worst. <laughs> the roughest. Yeah, and then, and then the suggestions came in, uh, you know, just flying in. So we went to more <laughs> Kelly's, we went to somewhere else. We went to this one place, and it's a big sign on the door saying cash only bar, and here's the kicker, they've got their own cash point inside, which charges you £2 for your own money. Ugh, Brilliant. Brilliant. Nice. What great business acumen. And had sawdust on the floor. Actual sawdust. Sawdust. Yeah. Now, why did you do, did they do that to soak up the drink, I guess? Yeah, I've been. Yeah, to... I guess it's like it's. I like that. It's it's just planning ahead. It's like yeah, a, it's a serial clever. killer. It, it, it's like Patrick Bateman in American Psycho before he uh, murders that fellow with an axe. He covers the entire uh, sofa in newspaper and plastic sheets and stuff. They just get the sawdust out. People can puke straight on it. Saves it's us a it's job. wonderful. Very sensible. Yeah, we had a grand old time. So uh, yeah, I had a rather late late night last night. 
Uh, so my rugby viewing maybe not quite be as might, might not be as detailed as it normally is. Um, to answer my own question, Syndicate Blackpool uh, permanently closed. No, closed no. in two thousand and eleven. Damn, damn. Showing my age a little bit. <laughs> Where were you in Blackpool? Uh, I went, went to Syndicate a few times. You know, <laughs> you know what it's like. Uh, Tim, have you ever been, been to Blackpool? Uh, I have. It is. You see some frightening sights on a night out. Brilliant. It is truly is a. I, I mean, people watching is very entertaining yes. on a night in in Blackpool. What were you? I've been to a couple of gigs there. I've been to a couple of gigs at the Empress Ballrooms, oh. and you get some really good bands and stuff going there. But um, j- just the kitsch value. My favourite thing about Blackpool, especially on a hangover the morning after, just for a, just for a laugh, is going to the. I can't remember what they call it. It might be like Louis Two Swords or something. But oh, it's basically yeah, like a, the waxworks. It's it's a Madame Two Swords style waxworks, but all of the all of the waxworks there are deliberately awful. Oh, is that right? It's <laughs> that very funny. Clever. I so, mean, you, you can, I think I think you can look up like Louis Two Swords uh, on Google, and just it's it, it it's hilarious. It's like it's like the world's worst taxidermist. Oh, that's amazing! Um, doing an all doing an awful job, like the um, like the Ronaldo bust. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Madeira, Madeira Airport. Yeah, it's, 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 that bust is absolutely incredible. <laughs> <laughs> now you're getting the idea. So yeah, I've had, I've had a few nights out in Blackpool. Yeah, it, last time I was sites. in Blackpool, <laughs> I think was I was with my dad, and we went to the uh, the UK's biggest pigeon show. Nice. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> twenty odd years ago. Was it the Winter Gardens? Yeah, it was Winter Gardens. That, Winter Gardens is, is genuinely an impressive place. Yeah, impressive yeah, building. it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I want to know what the, I want to know is there a second biggest. Pigeon show in the UK. Oh, I think there's one in the NEC. I think the NEC will do one. There, there are some big pigeon shows out there, Tim. It's not, it's not quite the sport it wants. Uh, pigeon racing isn't quite the sport it once was. I tell you who's in the, into pigeon racing. Uh, the Neville Southall. Neville Southall is one. Yeah. Um, Duncan Ferguson would be another. Oh, Duncan Ferguson two, two toffees. Yeah, Don Armand's dad is into pigeon racing. Really? Yeah, he was a farmer, and now he works in... Like, I think like these big industrial lofts, and they're there just to try and win a million pound, a million pound prize from pigeon racing. Nice, yeah. That's that, that's that's what they're gearing up for. It's, it's quite big. Well, not big business, but it is, a million it's, pounds is a, yeah, it's big, a fair, fairly fair fairly big business. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. When if if Exeter retire their mascot Tom O'Rourke, <laughs> 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 which makes me laugh every time I say it, um, then may, maybe Don Armand when he retires could. Could be just be a mascot in a pigeon outfit. Exactly. Perfect. Exactly. In fact, actually, that reminds me a couple of bits of correspondence. And just on the subject uh, from last week's uh, podcast about streakers, we got contacted. Um, I got a message. Or where is it? Alex Cowley <clears throat> sent us a video, a grainy YouTube video of, and he didn't say who it was, but he said this is a video of the Newcastle University mascot. N- absolutely nailing a couple of Northumbria University streakers in the big Newcastle v Northumbria match in 2009. The person who was in the mascot outfit is a current Premiership and international player. Wow! wow. Awesome. So who would be in 2009? Um, Newcastle University. Yeah. I'd love. So if they, gra- to, I'd love they graduated anyone. in 2010. They'll be about 30 now. 
Yeah. So they'll be like late late twenties, early thirties. I mean, there, there are some absolute nightmares you wouldn't want to run. Like Carl Ferns in a, in a, in a mascot outfit would be a, disa- a disaster for a streaker. Fekatoa in a mascot outfit Fekata- would be yeah. instant death. Big court. <laughs> yeah. Why is, that ma- why is that mascot seven foot? <laughs> oh, there was did a Chris of- Harris go to? Did Chris Harris go to Newcastle Uni? Uh, probably mm. played for Tyndale. Maybe for a bit. Chris Harris is a great shot, and he can hit. Yeah, that's the other thing as well. Yeah, I bet he did. Chris Harris is a great shot. Yeah. Do Do we know who it is? No, we don't. So, a- any information on the? Well, obviously Alex knows it and didn't tell us, which has Thanks, given Alex. me a. Cheers, so, let us in on the answer, Alex. Who was it? Or if anyone knows, please do let us know. And uh, uh, we got another email here to contact eggchasers at gmail dot com from uh, Ollie, friend of the pod, Ollie. Um, who emailed and said, on the subject of streakers, the worst thing he ever saw was in two th- on a 2001 Lions tour, a game at the SFS where O'Gara got done over by Duncan McRae. A streaker ran on in his pants. Ollie says, given there was a crowd of 40,000, he w- he wasted over 600 man hours. That's good maths, that. Uh, he says, the li- at the least, the very least you can do in that situation is get your tackle out. A shy man has no business in streaking. <laughs> that's a, that's if you're a brave very enough, good point, isn't it? If you're brave enough to get on the pitch, surely you should be brave enough and have the common decency to show everyone you're willy. <laughs> hear, hear. Wise. Wise words. And, and just while I'm on correspondence, can I just wrap up one final bit of... Um, admin we got contacted by um someone who isn't revealing their name because they're a current um military operator and they prefer to be known as lieutenant g of the royal navy Ooh, oh i know lieutenant g yeah currently uh, in las vegas uh, mm. stationed there um and just wanted to let let anyone that might be potentially in the area know uh, of an event and just generally advertise it because I'm sure they're doing um, online donations as well. But the Vegas Veterans Rugby, uh, there's a match on November the 13th, that's Saturday, a combined team of Vegas-based veterans and serving military personnel playing the Las Vegas Fire Department in a charity match, oh, raising nice. money for US and UK military-based charities. It's 20 years as well this year since uh, 9-11, as well as Remembrance mm. and Veterans Day. Uh, and the team comprises Brits and Americans from all ranks and backgrounds and experience. And uh, Lieutenant G says coaching them has been a privilege and top crack. Um, so it's this Saturday at Madeira, Madeira yeah. Canyon Park in Henderson, Las Vegas. Any right. forces or ex-forces interested in playing can just turn up with their boots. Anyone else can turn up for a, for a a day of rugby and a couple of beers. And he says, lastly, can I get a mention for Army Captain D? Hang on. Get, they'll they'll know who they are. It's ridiculous, Tim. It's getting absolutely ridiculous, this. Lieutenant G, who doesn't want to be uh, identified, who is the coach of a veterans team in Las Vegas and a lieutenant. Yeah, I know. It's going to be fairly easy to identify if anyone <laughs> I mean, really wants to. I don't know to. what the Russians will do with this information. <laughs> <laughs> he it's says, all... lastly, can I get a mention for Army Captain D, who is currently in a very unpleasant hot and dusty part of the world he managed to get the premiership in his ops room at the weekends much to the adulation of his u.s colleagues who absolutely adore the game so he's spreading the game of rugby while serving Uh, despite his austere surroundings um he somehow resourcefully acquires your pod and will really appreciate the hello so there you go 
and uh, we're, we're welcome at uh, for a for a wet to, to be bought a wet which is navy for a pint um mm. either in vegas at a navy game or at a chiefs match next year lovely stuff I'd, so i'd love to do that vegas um vets yeah vets weekend. Well. that'd be awesome so just on on on, uh, on that when I went to play the Sandy Park game, obviously it was a privilege to step on the field with Hoggy and... Noly. Jack, Jack Noel, right? And Steno. Steno played, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, all those. But the guys I enjoyed meeting the most were the two, were the two army lads. So, um, uh, Chris and Daryl. Daryl was actually the captain of the army. He plays second row, but got great hands. Uh, what's what's really, his surname? Really interesting blokes. What's his surname? Off the top of my head, I don't know. I know, he's a, I know he's a warrant officer. So you played with the captain of the army and the captain of the marines over the summer? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Fair, fair was play. It, was it, was it uh, Darryl Paul? Did, did he have, did he have brown hair? Jay, did yeah, he have, did he have brown hair? Say it again. Did he have brown hair? Was he called Darryl Ball? Yes, that's him. Top boy. I played with, I played with him at Newbury. Did you really? Yeah. Yeah, he's an absolutely fascinating guy. Um... Him and uh, yeah, my my uh, my roommate. He just he, he describes himself as the uh, <laughs> the 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 Prince of Devon. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh yeah, interesting. Small. Well, let, let, let's start in Devon because we saw the longest journey that Newcastle Falcons have to make in their season, and a third home defeat for Exeter in four games. This yeah, I'm being. I mean, candid, it should have been more. Uh, they were lucky not to get absolutely smashed by Newcastle. If Newcastle got their starter plays right, I think they um, they could really put Exeter to the sword big time. And what do Exeter do now? I wonder if they've run out of ideas. So, it's I'm I'm kind of of two minds. Obviously, we spoke about the all the players that they've they've lost. Um, for, for various reasons, for a combination of injury and international call-ups. But they are nowhere near the team that they were a little while ago. But I do wonder if that if that's not the biggest element. And, JB, I mentioned this to you before the pod. There is something about the way that Exeter Chiefs play in that they, their whole thing is about physically dominating their opposition. Yeah. And if they physically dominate their opposition up front, then it creates space for them out wide, and they'll happily use that space. They've got talented players to, to use that space, but that only becomes available if they physically dominate their, their opposition up front. Exeter Chiefs, they did it when they won both Premiership and Europe. They were un- unbelievable week after week after week going through the meat grinder. Their players putting their bodies yep. through the meat grinder week after week after week, and they got incredible success. They have to do that every... They, they put themselves in a position where they have to do that every single week. Whereas their opposition, they only need to get up for the physicality of Exeter twice per once, season in the yeah. Premier League. Yeah, once, once, once in the playoffs. Yeah, once if it matters in the playoff. And I do wonder if they do need a bit more... Now, I think both of those things and also the fact that the latch has been changed, all yeah. of those are having an impact. I, and I, I fully expect Baxter to... To find a way out of it, well, but I, I think it'll take time. I think you can find a way out of it. I think you can find a way out of it with time, as you point out, because I never said this before, but the perverseness of the situation is that they've changed the laws and they didn't give them any heads up of what the laws are going to be. So if you could re- make his squad, 
to because you've got to remake a style of play. You've got a salary cap, you've got a squad, you build your squad to, to meet your style of play, and then to change the laws overnight, or to put a new emphasis or a new directive in, which can kneecap you, it's just outrageous. It's meant to be a professional game. They should give them like a, at least a year's notice, if not two years' notice, that the laws are getting changed. But yeah, well played Newcastle. Because yeah, New- that is it's a hell of a result. Yeah, Newcastle have won, I think, four out of seven now. Um, they are a serious outfit. And this just goes to show, I mean, yes, Exeter have lost three home games now, as Tim pointed out. They're still fourth. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, it's not the end of the world. The Premiership is so close because everyone, everyone can beat everyone else, including Worcester. Well, yeah, if if you just go purely off wins, Exeter Chiefs are in fourth with four wins. Bristol are in eleven. With three wins. So there are the fine margins. Yeah. Um, bet- well, between 4th and 11th. Yeah. I, yeah. And I think I think Newcastle... I don't know. Four wins from seven is great. Um, I think their penalty count is a bit high. That's personally what I think. They're not, as quite, they're not quite as disciplined as they could be. But I also think there could be an element of kidding themselves here because they're kind of in the mix with, as you pointed out there, pretty much everyone. I mean, we don't know if Almost everyone. Yeah. Maybe not... Two teams at the moment. Yeah, the team at the top and the team at the bottom are probably the outliers. <laughs> yeah. And Worcester, albeit they had a great result last week. Yeah, well, they've won two games. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they've, they've won more games than London Irish. Yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> you tell the Worcester fans last, last year, first seven games you win two. You you interested? Yes. Yeah. Yes, we are. Yes. The, the Newcastle story is particularly impressive because they are not they are not spending anywhere near as much as other sides of the Premiership. No, no but way. They, they have the rest of people winning though, don't they? Mm. Dean Richards. But it just makes it all it makes it all the more impre- impressive. Makes yeah, it all the it more impressive. What I also like, and I actually I actually agree with what Phil said about changing the way they play, and and with UJB that Rob Baxter is the man that, that will make those adjustments and changes. Just will, might take time. Um, but I do love with Rob Baxter every time he speaks, and he there was no hiding. He was totally honest, and he said, "We're in danger of our season petering out." And he he when he was asked about the players that they're missing, he said, "No, no, 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 no. That's an opportunity for the guys that come mm. in to step in." And I just contrast that with, and I think he would have been perfectly within his rights to say, "Yeah, we're missing a load of players, and it's hurting us," which is exactly what Chris Boyd did say. I'm not Chris, criticizing Chris Boyd for saying it. But I, I also love that Rob Baxter just says, no, the guys that come in have got to step up and do the job. And he's absolutely right. Mm. You know, like, this is when you need your squad to win games. He's absolutely right. And there's there's nothing better as an incentive for the guy who's second choice or third choice that they're playing for their, their next contract. They're playing for the the place in that squad for that first team. Yeah, and, and just on um, Newcastle, it's not like they had, every, had everyone available either. Yeah, yep. red one's missing. Uh, Chick's missing. Blumier. Yeah, Blumier. Chick, Chick came off the bench, didn't he? But Blumier and Davidson, both mm. both in the um, squad and, and widest travelling reserve. Yeah, Davidson. so yeah, every, everyone's missing players. Um, tiny Tiny Ian Whitten came on for um, Exeter. Little Ian. It's annoying. It ruined my predictions this week. I had Exeter to win. They're pretty angry about that. Surely, <laughs> surely Saracens ruined your predictions. But no, before we get no, on to I that, have an Irish to win. Phil, 
but it was oh, a yeah, draw. Oh, yeah, but that, 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 equally, that ruined your... Yeah, that, ruined <laughs> that did ruin my predictions. And I, I can accept, you know, that was a bit of a, you know... That, yeah. I, I, London Irish. We, what goes on at London be, Irish? Oh, I know. But bef- before we move on, Phil, I'm, I'm concerned about you. I know you've got an early start. Is there, is there any other business from your point of view or anything that you... Any points you want to make or observations and stuff? And then you should just do one, mate. Yeah. See, I, I do have a train in uh, five and a half hours <laughs> to, to catch down to London. But um, points I want to make. Uh, I'll, I'll just mention a couple of things. Quinn's amazing comeback um, in the kind of, so they were 16-0 down, could have been 23-0 down if it wasn't a forward pass. Um, but came back uh, showing the f- kind of form that, well, got them out of a 28-0 um deficit against Bristol in the semi-final and won the, the championship that was really impressive from Quinns um, Tigers hammer in Bath was um, awesome more predictable awesome. more predictable very impressive but oh. Lon- London Irish London Irish being 34-8 down with 18 minutes on the clock to, to come back to draw that is and and they had um, Adam Coleman sent off after 20-odd minutes. They played 60, 60 minutes with a man down and came over a 26-point deficit in less than 18, or 18 minutes against Saracens. You laughed at me when I said that, 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 that they, would make, they would make the top four. I laughed at me. Uh, <laughs> a couple of weeks yeah, after. Yeah, yeah. Nick Mullins laughed at me. <laughs> right? But you know, one or two of these draws go their way. And they're, I mean, they're right up there. They're yeah, the yeah. Exeter away. Yeah. Like this, I think they're going to get it together sooner rather than later. They, it's, it is remarkable. Now, they, they do it late every time, which it suggests either other teams switch off because they're so far ahead, mm-hmm. which I, th- I think Saracens were definitely guilty of. Like when, when Mako crashes over and he signals to the subs bench to, to pull him off to, to change him. Yeah. He did the little rolling sub thing to change him. I'm be- done. Because, yeah, I've done enough. And that seemed to be the the um, Saracen's attitude. But but the the other side of it is the London Irish fitness. They're, like They are coming back, and they, they looked amazing in that last Yeah, I don't really think 15, it was a hard-work fitness team. But when they beat Exeter, some of the tackle statistics were immense. Yeah. Absolutely immense. Their defence has to get better. It can't get much worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it has to get better. They can already score tries. The Ben Darwin view on this sort of thing would be attack takes care of itself and the defence will tighten up. Cohesion. So, although I'd say it's the other way around. Bill, go, go. For goodness sake, go and get some sleep. (laughs) Okay. Right, I'm off. Cheers, guys. See you, Phil. Bye. Nice one, Phil. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. And, and just as Phil is departing the just as Phil is departing the dungeon, I think just just let's reiterate that that Phil's got a train in five and a half hours. All right, he's not a hero. That, no, no, no. I'm just just pointing out that's the level of commitment <laughs> we have to making sure you have podcasts. He's in not storming that feed a beach. every every <laughs> single Monday. Well, yeah, you make a fair point. But we all we oh, no, do sorry, go out He is storming way. a beach. He is. He is. <laughs> we do truly care that you get these podcasts every single Monday, 52 weeks a year, a, a year. And if you appreciate it and you're in a position to keep the lights on and um, help JB get some equipment that actually works. Yeah, that'd be nice. Then, um, Headphones. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, then patreon.com forward slash egg chasers. And uh, thank you very much to all the people that have supported us uh, on Patreon. Um, we got our first double patron. I love this. I'm, I'm, I've lost the. I've lost the. Hold on, I'll find the name. Uh, Tim Jacquier, or I hope I get that name right. Anyway, Tim is in Melbourne, a Saracens fan, and he's our first double patron, mainly because he signed up, um, lost the login, and just thought, oh, I'll just sign up again. I like, I like the podcast. There we go. Yeah. So if you fancy losing your login or just becoming a double patron yourself, in fact, we'll run a competition for to see who becomes our first triple patron. <laughs> well, we'll, uh, we'll have... Um, in fact, right, now Phil's gone and he's the one that does the shirt giveaway. We will 100% do a shirt giveaway yes. from one of our patrons and announce the winner on the on the next podcast. No. Uh, but yeah, but, but, t- Tim, a Saracens fan, must be pulling his hair out after after that result. It's a, it's a warning for Saracens. It is, isn't it? I mean, look, they're doing fine. Then they will be fine. They're a great team. I just think London Irish are going to attack at will they're just good they're just much much better when they don't listen to their coaches and just play off the cuff yeah uh, i mean what it's going to be fun supporting london irish that's for sure you might you might be incredibly frustrated one week and then deliriously happy the next but it's going to be fun yeah i completely agree i completely agree. I, I i think they will make the top six now i'm not sure they're gonna make top four but i definitely think they're gonna be top six because they are bloody good when they want to be, they are very, very good, mm. very good indeed. I am. Um, Phil just touched on it there. Quinns were impressive in that second half. I've, I, I can't. It's weird. I, I, I like Quinns a lot, but I could. I have such a soft spot for wasps because I, I well. really like the cut of their jib and the way that they go out and squeeze every ounce of player they can out of the small amount of money that they spend. Similar to Newcastle and. Um, I was a bit disappointed the way they let it slip in that second half. Uh, yeah, I've, I'm very fond of Wasps. I think that the rugby department does a phenom- phenomenal job. I say rugby department. In fact, the whole club does a f- does a phenomenal job. 
God, I, I talk about them all the time. Where they get the players from, all the things that you say about them, Tim. I basically, I basically agree. And then there's the style of play as well. Although to give up 26 points is heartbreaking. Yeah, I, I do feel. Yeah, it is. And let's say the the best team over 80 minutes won, and that's fine. But what did you think about the try that was disallowed? Which, again, in itself, the Josh Bassett try would have been an incredible try. Is this the one with the forward pass? Yes. Before half time. Um, I see why it's given. I also think it's absolutely devastating to the the Wasps' effort because that is then a completely different game. Uh, there again, well, Harlequins so, do, you know. Well, well here, here on that one, and it was a little bit, this happened in the France-Argentina game as well, when tries are, are chalked off when it's not conclusive. And I put this one down as something which was not conclusive. The referee gave, Wayne Barnes gave the try on the field the TMO was the one that made the decision and he told Wayne Barnes it was a forward pass. Now, to me, I didn't think it was or I thought it was marginal. He said it's because Jacob Umanger was in front of the um, porter, was it, who passed him the ball? Yeah. And Umanger might have been flat or slightly in front. The angle of the camera meant that it was hard to tell because it was that the lines of the pitch were sort of diagonal. But Umanger catches the ball behind him so even if he was stood level or slightly in front, that doesn't. It's the that's why you look at the direction of the hands. And I I felt really really cheesed off that that try was was chalked off because I I just think when a try is given on the field, it has to be conclusive. Yeah. To agree. overturn it. Yeah, I completely agree with that. It should benefit of the doubt always goes to the attacker. Yeah. 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 I can I can see that. Uh, frustrating. Do you do you, do you know what's not frustrating though? What's that? You know what's the thing of beauty? One of the most impressive things I've seen in club rugby for maybe the last five, five years. You're talking about a rolling mall of some description, Jay? I'm talking about Leicester Tigers, mate. The Leicester Tigers are the real deal at this point, aren't they? They are just... They are, their driving mall work is absolutely superb. It is superb. Like, you watch that line now. It is so well drilled. Everyone's in motion. They're keeping the defence guessing. They don't always hit the line out, but when they do, they bring it down. They drive the ball. They get the penalty. They can change attacking pictures for um, for their own back line. That is what is allowing George Ford to be the genius that he currently is. This team are awesome. Now, like all teams, I think they'll have some fragility going forward, particularly when they lose some players to internationals and whatnot. But I just love how they're coached. Love it. It's pretty ominous, isn't it? Eight from eight now. Yeah. And who... Um, you've got unbelievable odds on Leicester being where they are and Bath being where they are. Yeah, you really would. You really would. And, you know, Bath didn't even do too badly. It's got 20, 23 points. You know, and I looked at the Bath team. I was trying to pick which team I thought would win this. I thought, okay, yeah. I think Leicester are slightly better off at the moment. But there's still a lot of great players like... Um, you know, Dunn, I think Mandela is pretty good. Um, Reed, I've always liked. Cipriani was back. Cipriani, listed at 92 kilograms. I am telling you now, that boy is not, is not 92 kilograms. I am telling you right now, he is much That's, heavier than that. Well, I don't know. He's, he's like, I'm, I'm a few inches taller than Sippers, and that's about my weight. I might even be less, slightly less than that. Yeah, but you're not a professional rugby player. Yeah, I suppose that's a fair point. Yeah, yeah. Those those shirts aren't forgiving of of anything, are they? They're not. He just doesn't look. 
He doesn't look in peak condition. That would be my... I mean, and also, he doesn't need to be necessarily. He's a great runner of the no. ball. And, and Andy Goode would be the first person to uh, point out, particularly playing fly half yeah, in the Premiership. Yeah, it's not the most, not the most important attribute, is it? But it might tell you that his mind's elsewhere. I don't know. Who who knows? Who knows? But just disappointing. Mm. He did do a wonderful little no-look pass, though. Or a look-off pass, I should say. For, I can't remember whose try it was. Hmm, whose try was it right at the start? Max, Max Clark's try. Max Clark's try. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, what, do you know? Uh, have you heard anything on the Steve Diamond situation? Because the rugby paper, as well, are reporting that he was seen both at Worcester and at Bath having meetings. Yeah, I think he thought it was going to be Bath, and now I'm pretty sure he's going to Worcester. That's what I'm. Uh, that's what I think, right? Now it's interesting because I was reading the rugby paper story, thinking, "Oh, okay, look at that." Um, Steve Diamond is, is confirmed. And I thought, actually, and I don't know if this has happened to you, Tim, but it's happened to me a couple of times now. I end up reading things which I've made up on in in the actual press, confirming the thing which I've made up, if that makes sense. I'm reading my own news. <laughs> so I wasn't actually sure. Are they just copying what I said? In which case, there's no, there, there's no further information or have they got fresh information? I've got no idea. Well, uh, you, you have got enough of a record that some brazen journo might hear what you say and report it as their own news, well, no, no, thinking it, there's yeah. a fair chance I mean, it's it'll be true. Fine. I just want to know if it's fresh information, so I know if uh, Steve Diamond's going to be back in the Premiership because that's all. That, that's all I want to know. Yeah, and I'm sure whoever it was has impeccable sources. And uh, I mean, if I w- if I were Steve Diamond, the news I would want the story out there that I'd been seen in both Worcester and Bath, just in case it was only one of them. And it would make it would create a sense of urgency, create this supply and demand, JB. Exactly. Well, Ollie Lawrence tweeted a few weeks ago, uh, two weeks on Friday, when it was all, all first sort of broke that Steve Diamond was going to Worcester. Just an exploding head emoji. So I'm pretty sure it's been announced. In fact, I, I'm sure it's been announced. I know players that are talking about it. Um, you know, I know he wants to sign a few players. Um, who they may be um, because of you know what he wants to do. So I, it's something that's going on there, but nothing's been confirmed yet, which is rather strange. Mm. I, I can't wait. I'd, I'd love it if Dimes is back in the prem. Hundred percent, mate. Hundred percent. Um, you know, we just a, a rugby mind with with rugby solutions, and Worcester will win a few more games for it. As for Worcester, they sort of flipped back to other Worcester mode. Yeah, and looking at the team sheets, well, I thought, okay, Worcester have got most of their players back. You know, they're looking fairly fit. I've seen what they've done to Sale, and uh, yeah, they were rubbish. They were absolutely rubbish again. And I don't know how. So this is the inconsistency that they've got. This is why why they need to. Really tight, tighten up because again, not a not a terrible pack, not a terrible backline. They should be better than this. And uh, you mentioned Sale, then they've kind of hit reset, and with AJ McGinty back at the helm, looked a little bit more like Sale. Although the flip side to that is, and in terms of recruitment and stuff, there's, I mean, and this is something you've been talking about for a long time, but it seems like the the South African experiment is is going to. It's going to start to be dismantled. The, yeah. the the South African backbone, which Steve Diamond keeping that uh, going, that he built, seems like it's it's going to be dismantled and, and done away with. So there's players couple... gradually going to be moving off Faf de Klerk to Japan, being the latest rumor. Yeah, do you know? I mentioned this, and 
I was told very stiffly that no, Faf is going nowhere. Um, because he's well, I mean, it was literally just us, us speculating, and you know, I've certainly not heard that Faf is going to go anywhere outside of the rugby paper r- rumor. In my mind, it does kind of make sense. I mean, if Rafi is the second coming, well, that's a great start. Um, you know, Sale might not Sale might not save any money per se by getting rid of him because he might be a uh, marquee player, for instance. So if that was the case, you know, you, even if you get rid of him. You can't replace him, and it makes no difference to 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 salary cap. So he might be one that, that would stay. He's also a phenomenal leader. So I think you know going forward, you want to keep the absolute best ones. So there is a few things going on here, which uh, makes me think that some of the South Africans will be leaving. First of all, was uh, some quotes from Alex Sanderson a few weeks ago in in, the pre- in, in a press conference where he said that he doesn't really want to talk about the situation of EQP. Because EQP is going to tighten up in the next few years, meaning that Sale are going to have to make changes to their playing personnel. And some of them are saying it's a, a horrible conversation, but we're going to have to have it. Second of all, I think as of last summer, Saracens changed, Saracens, Sale changed their recruitment policy anyway, which is why you see Tommy Taylor coming in. I think they were very close to signing uh, Jamal Ford Robinson. I think they were very close to signing a few more uh, English lads. So there's definitely more of a focus towards bringing on English lads, and then someone like JP Dupria will be off to um, will be off to Edinburgh? Glasgow apparently. Glasgow, I think it is. Glasgow, that's it. Yeah. So that'll be one out. Who they get in to replace him, I, I don't know. Hmm. Well, again, uh, it's probably worth mentioning at this point that it is only as it stands uh, moratorium on relegation in in the short term. We don't know what the plan is longer term, but. It's quite a tough job. You mentioned Rob Baxter having to deal with law changes when when it comes to recruitment, mm. not kind of being able to to sort of plan longer term. And I, I know actually a lot of head coaches don't think longer term, but some of them will be. Some of them, some of them sign, make their players sign two year contracts, which I think is absolute lunacy. Uh, when every contract should be default three years, but that's what that, that's what they do. Um, yeah, at least the UQP stuff is. You know, they've given you advanced warning so you can sort your squad out. It's not like they just changed yeah. it o- overnight. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but Sale are kind of back. And I just put it in perspective when Phil said then that 11th to 4th is only a one-win difference. It's uh, I, I, really, I hope that continues for as much of the season as possible without the spectre of relegation. It, the league needs that big time. Yeah, completely agree. Uh, just on, on on this game, though, Northampton have got to be severely severely disappointed. Uh, I know Sale are very excited about this win because they believe when they've got all their boys back, they are a different animal. They think they're the best in the Premiership. They might be. I'm not sure they are. I think they might be. I reckon they're, what, top two or three? Um, they can beat anyone on their day. I'm not, sure, I'm not sure they're a clear best, but they are very, very good when, when everyone is fit and firing. Yeah, yeah. Uh... Northampton had five props on the bench. Yeah, something's not clicking with Northampton. You know, they've got an approach to the game where they've made trade-offs. And when it works, it's it's beautiful to watch. But when it doesn't work, they get some absolute hidings, don't they? Sale, this Sale game and the Leicester game, I think they're going to have to relook at what they do up front. Simple as that. When they have everyone, they're... 
they're all right up front or, or and, and they i thought at least that they'd stem the issues at the scrum and i know chris boyd only thinks of it as a restart not a weapon but i thought he'd stopped it being a liability but well to, to be fair to element... chris, chris boyd he has his thoughts on the game are in the premiership you need a world-class set piece and so I think Saints have a good set of piece, but it's not world class. And I think he'd be the first one to admit that. And you need some serious investment there. Like serious serious investment. I think they need an extra second row probably. Uh, well, actually I can fix most problems with world class second rows. So yeah, yeah. Every, everyone needs world class second need, rows. They don't need second row. They've got Alex Moon, Dave Ribbons, uh Ratuni Yawara. Who's the one y- you love? Yara. Who is the one you absolutely, the one that I, absolutely love out of those uh, guys? Dave Ribbons. Yeah, Ribbons is good. I mean, you know, when I say, mm, is he a top-end lock? He's a very good lock. He's a very good lock. But, you know... He, he's, he'd be next cab off the rank for England, probably. Mm, yeah. So I'm thinking someone like a Hill or a Cruis or an Atoji or even an Atwood back in the day. It, okay. An absolute monster. Absolute monster. But, yeah, I hear that. Yeah. And also, you know, you look at their best players. So their best ball-carrying players, say you've got Harrison and you've got Ludlam on. Both great, but do you not think they're both combined a little bit lightweight? They're both, what, in the 6 foot to 6 foot 2 range, both about 100 kilograms. You're playing, bo- uh, uh, you're playing them, at the sa- them at the same time, and you probably have Courtney Laws for about six games a year. So, you know, they do, they, they do need something else. Yeah. Yeah, but I think Chris Boyd is right to point out that they've got 11 injured and 10 internationals unavailable, something like that. Yeah. To, yeah. to the extent, as I say, that they had five props they had, they had five props on the bench. Yeah, well, the sale was sort of disappointing. The 26-55 hammering they got at home by Leicester would be yeah, the more right. worrying one. Yes, I would 100% agree with that. What What haven't we touched on so far? Uh, we've not done, uh, no, we've done everyone. Well, well, uh, well done. It's a little bit of a whirlwind, uh, trip around the grounds. Just what a couple of, couple of things. Uh, Ben uh, got in touch with us and said that Gabrielle O'Grey was Bath Academy before Wasps, just picking up on, uh, yeah, I thought he week. might be because I knew he was, yeah. I knew he went to school in well, that big one. What's it? Millfield. I knew he went there. Millfield. Yeah. Um, and I knew he knew Jonathan Joseph because he got caught breaking lockdown. So, uh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Were Gloucester the team on a bye week? Yes, they were. Uh, by the way, yeah. shout out to Gloucester too. Uh, you know, I think if I was going to rank rate my coaches for the job that they've done this year, number one would be Borthwick. Number two might well be uh, uh, the boy at Gloucester, whatever his name is now. Skivington. Skivington. Yeah, I think he's done a great job. Yeah, he seems to have turned it round. I was, I was sort of had a little question mark next to him for a little bit, but his identity is coming through. Actually, Joe Johns um, has got in touch with us and just pointed out that um, if you look at the Gloucester website on their players, their props are just listed as props, not tight head or loose head, just prop. Mm. However, however, Mark Atkinson underneath the photo of Mark Atkinson, it says left centre. Does it? Yeah. Interesting. 
I'll ask about that. Why is he a left centre? Yeah. And and on that one, actually, we got an email from Ethan John Bamfield. This was prior to the England game when he said um, that he was absolutely gutted that Mark Atkinson didn't get into the squad for Tonga because he calculated that that might, might end up being his only chance to get an England cap. And he thought the opportunity might have been robbed from him. But you needn't have worried because friend of the pod, England's Mark Atkinson is an international. Agent. Exactly right. Hey, back to uh, club uh, club rugby. So it's not just Talk H that I played for this, uh, this week, Tim. Oh, no. So this week I've been living in Wales because Beardmore & Co., independent financial advisors, um, are based in Wales and I have a flat there. So occasionally if I can get away for a week and do a week in the office, I'll go down there. And in the evenings, not having kids or family about, guess what I've been doing? Playing rugby. Playing, so Playing touch? No, God, no. I'm not insane. <laughs> Um, so on Tuesday, trained with Tok H, which is absolutely fantastic. Wednesday, trained with Colwyn Bay. Enjoyed that a lot. So nice to go back to the old club. And on Thursday, played for a team who I have lots of friends. I have lots of friends playing for, but I'd always consider my arch nemesis team when I was back in North Wales. Played for Flandidno in a friendly against Real on Thursday night. Loved it. Thursday night rugby. Thursday night rugby is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Real have got a very nice new clubhouse there. Flandidno, no. incredibly confrontational physical physical group of players. Like really, really high end players. Very well organised. Great, you know, just good good to be involved actually. So I got forty minutes off the bench for them, which was great fun. Then Saturday played at, played at Fleetwood. I am living the life, Tim. I will admit that having played uh, for a couple of weekends where I didn't have any work, I, I really did quite enjoy it. But work does get in the working on the rugby does get in the way of yes the actual rugby itself. It's, it's trade offs all the way, and uh, it's I, a trade off I, I would make. I, I would definitely make that trade off. Yeah, no, I I, I I do have enough pinch myself moments not to uh, not to worry too much about it. But um, as we look ahead to next week. Uh, it is you can dismissively say it's Premiership Cup, uh, as you did last week in, incorrectly. Yeah, as can we, I as just we tell you why we said that? Oh, yeah, we said that because Ultimate Rugby app didn't show the Premiership fixtures on it. That's why. But Brian O'Driscoll has got some work to do. Yeah, on exactly, app. mate. Exactly. So we we we, we made some like idiots effectively. Well, the BBC website didn't have the Wasp, the Harlequins, Wasp, uh, Wasps, Harlequins game on on their website today. So it's it's not just Bod, it's uh, it's Auntie as well. Oh, so uh, one of these days, and on, on a genuine point, um, and I was I was thinking about this this weekend. We we've had not just a great weekend of Premiership rugby. We've had a lot of them in recent weeks as we've been raving about. But we had a great weekend of international rugby and. Still, it feels like rugby is not doing the best job to market itself. And what can it and should it do? I have no idea. Well, they need more podcasts. Like, like, <laughs> like legitimately, Premiership Rugby should should have its own podcast, right? Um, Premiership TV has got a platform there. They've done the hard work. Why? Why is there no content on there? Like, there's the highlights. There's the games. There's a little bit from Dave, from David Flatman, which is okay. But here's the problem with the David Flatman piece. Um, the problem is, if you're, you only go to Ultimate Rugby 
sorry, Premiership Rugby TV. If you're a proper rugby nose, like you don't go there because you, you, you're, you're passing by. And the Flatman piece is perfect for people who are not proper rugby fans. But then it only goes on Premiership Rugby TV, which is for absolute hardcore, no, absolute hardcore noses. They'd be better off finding someone like Charlie Morgan or someone, someone of that standard and then having him explain a few technical things or matchups or something which is, gonna, which is going to occur during this, during this week. Or, in fact, get David Flatman to do it. Mm. Sell the storylines. Build some, make, make some content. Like, the Premiership at the moment is absolutely flying. It's an incredible competition. I mean, it really is. It might be the best year of Premiership that I've seen. And the, the table backs me up, too. The table looks absolutely brilliant. No one's really talking about it. No one even knows that they play. So, you know, that, that guy, uh, left, Lieutenant G... Yeah, let's say G saying you know there's an yeah you know, there's a guy who's managed to get Premiership rugby on and the lads all love it. It's an easy thing to sell. Yeah, mm. yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't have answers. Uh, just pointing out issues. But if anyone does have any thoughts on on anything we talked about, um, anything you want to chip in on the podcast, um, then you can contact us. Contact eggchasers at gmail dot com. Um, it is a tough one, and I see this with with the, the thought of making content a lot. Is it it gets put through a, a corporate process, mm. and I understand. I, I I do understand why because you know it's it's big corporate companies that are, are, are ultimately funding it because they'll hand it'll be Land Rover or Guinness or whatever who'll hand over the money to to make the content in the first place. But once you do that quite often you then just get a corporate feel and that's not what people want. No, do you know though, like the NFL is obviously incredibly corporate. Some of their content they put out, their podcasting content is really good. Really good. Do, like, do you know what do you know what I've got do you know what I caught um just like fifteen minutes of, ten, fifteen minutes of um because it just was I I'd left the telly on and it was still on a Sky Sports channel. It's not Jets. And there was is it? just a no, no, no. There was just a, there was just this fantasy American football show on, and <laughs> yeah. I, I was I was watching it thinking, this is awesome. Yeah, this is. I've just caught I've just caught ten minutes of a show. I'm in. The people are engaging. They're they're making they're making fantasy NFL feel exciting and interesting to the point that I'm not even playing it this season. Oh, and yeah. I, I can follow. I can follow, and I'm I'm engaged, and I've learned something. And but I don't feel talked down to or patronised, um, or that it's all going over my head. I just I thought this is unreal, and this is on British TV in a sport that I'm not watching as much as I have done in years gone by. And instantly, the content was done in such a way that I was like, okay, I'm in. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But yeah, so making content would be a great place to start, an absolute great place to start. Yes. We'll we'll solve it, JB. One of these days, we'll solve it. One of these days, mate. One of these days. Right. Any more for any more? Um. No. Uh, is it midnight? It's midnight now. I could watch. I could watch the next episode. Oh no, I, I can't. Oh, I've got to wait to watch Succession with because well, me and Kate are watching it together, so I can't. I can't no watch it without us. Well, I could tell you how Plymouth Albion did the, uh, this week, but they didn't play. Oh fact, yeah, have they? Oh no, didn't didn't play. Okay. A fallow week in um. A, well, in a lot of rugby this week, a lot of the national leagues well, well, One small but maybe notable thing to talk about in terms of uh, outside of the Premiership is London Scottish look like they're going to be 
staying based in Richmond, but are going to be joining the Scottish rugby system. Oh, God. I've seen this tribe before. It's not going to go well, but best of luck to them. Part of their Super Six, which is basically below Glasgow and Edinburgh. That's right, I mean, yeah. it's fantastic for Scotland to have a London base where they could farm out some of their talented Didn't they Glasgow try this a few years ago? I th- I, there, there was talk of it, yeah. They did, because the, the Scottish players showed up. Um, Duncan Taylor would be one of them. But, like, they'd never actually... I don't know, something went wrong with the money. But I don't know what yeah, it is. Well, hope, but they might have it in place, but I think it's it's a, potentially a lifeline for London Scottish, but given as the RFU are just oh, taking, taking the money away from championship clubs. So they would depart from the, the uh, English championship and would play in a, in, a com, in a domestic competition against Scottish sides. Oh, interesting. That is interesting. Hmm, well, Some, somewhere potentially, like you could imagine, if they had some talented young Scottish eligible players in England, the, there you go. There's a team where the Scottish RFU can effectively pay Scotland players to be in their system whilst being in England. Well, you know, London Irish mentioned this in the press conference the other day. Like they, I think they would quite like to be helping the IRFU a little bit more if the opportunity came to have players in England of Irish heritage or indeed current Irish internationals who couldn't be housed in the current uh, island system, if that makes sense, in Ireland, be like a, like, a thir- like a fifth region. I think they're actually quite keen to do that. Would make sense. Mm-hmm. There you go. There's, there's, there's one to watch as well. Um, no, I'm done. Uh, we're, we're contact eggchasers at gmail.com, patreon.com forward slash eggchasers. Here for you, 52 weeks of the year, every single Monday, even when it means Phil has no sleep before getting a train down to London. So uh, if you appreciate what we do, hit subscribe, um, support us on Patreon, and uh, yeah, just tell a mate. In fact, tell a mate, tell a mate who doesn't watch or play or rugby but might be interested, just to put the Autumn Internationals on. Yeah, exactly. On. No, put just Premiership do on. Don't waste your time with the Internationals. Jesus. <laughs> and get to your local rugby club to watch the games. Exactly, that's more important. Do that. Right, I'm done. All right, mate. Bye bye. Nice one, Jay. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.